Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow, Tuesday edition, the Halloween edition of Hot Mike here on Outkick. We've got uh, John McClain talking all things NFL trade deadline, which is just hitting across the National Football League. He'll be joining us in 20 minutes where we've got uh, plenty of moves this morning, but overall, not nearly the movement that we have been discussing as far as the rumors are concerned. Joshua Dobbs traded from Arizona to Minnesota. Vikings officially putting Kirk Cousins on injured reserve. They're, they're going with the rookie of Jaron Hall, the fifth-round pick against Atlanta this week. Dobbs will step in as the backup, at least for the time being, depending on how things go. Of course, Kevin Byard to the Eagles last week. Uh, defensive flurry of moves in the NFC. Chase Young for the Commanders. He's traded in exchange for a third-round pick to San Francisco. And uh, Montez Sweat, also Commanders pass rusher. He's now in Chicago for a second-round pick in exchange. So the fire sale underway for the Washington Commanders and a new ownership with Josh Harris and company. Uh, plus, uh, Ezra Cleveland, talented uh, young offensive guard in Cleveland, uh, traded to Jacksonville. We say hello to Dan Dockich, host of Don't At Me. Morning's right here on the Outkick Network. Dan, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good, fellas. I thought I was going to see you at Clay's Bash the other night. I missed you. Life Where happened. You what Li- are you doing? Life Let's happened. Uh, I can text you the reasoning if you'd like. But, uh, yeah, we've... Uh, Don't worry about it. I had a great... <laughs> I, had, I, I did see your Halloween costume, Dan. Yeah, well done. I, I told you earlier, Dan, I feel like I haven't been to Clay's party in about a decade. Uh, it's always the weekend it, where something hey. is going on for me, and I just have not been able to attend in a while. How about the detail? But I know it's, I know it's a bash. I know, I know everyone had a blast out How there. How about the detail, Dan, of the setup? Oh, my God. I mean, like, <laughs> you walk in there, and guys are jumping at you. And, I know. You know, uh, people are coming out of the woodwork. I had to go back in the house. Uh, I, my wife and I brought a, a bottle of wine and I had to put it back in the kitchen. I told the guy, jump it. I go, look, don't jump at me. I don't want to drop this wine. You already got me once. You don't need to get me, you know, again. <laughs> but man, what an incredible, incredible setup. Really nice people there. And uh, man, pretty nice neighborhood. Really nice neighborhood. Oh, Insanely yeah. nice neighborhood. Yeah, well done. A lot of fun. You know, I started in on the old fashions, and uh, the lady, I was going to have beer, but it didn't sound good. And then the old fashions, you know what? Good bartender, too. That always makes a party. Absolutely. Heavy pour. Yeah. The heavy pour. Old heavy pour, old at, long the, pour. at the Travis house. Every time there's a heavy pour there. Um, I feel like Louisville yeah. fans probably have some heavy pours going on uh, right now oh. when they look at their basketball program. I know it's exhibition, but Kenny Payne, who first year was rough, at Louisville, and Dan, you're just a couple hours up the road from that city and that program. They lose to Kentucky Wesleyan last night. Now, not only do they lose, they get out-rebounded by 14 to Kentucky Wesleyan. What in the world is going on with that program? Uh, nothing good. And, you know, Kentucky Wesleyan is it was a Division II power, and sometimes those players – are really good Division One guys for whatever the reason, but there's no excuse. Look, 
okay, your first year, you're Kenny Payne, you know, the idea is you're cleaning house, let's go. And, you know, second year, you, you want to start getting enthusiasm back into the program. And, guys, you know this, it doesn't take much at Louisville. Just show up and you'll get 17,000 fans in that joint. Uh, he's got a bit of a problem. Here's what you know as a coach. I swear to you, you know this. You go and you practice, and Kenny's been at high levels, so he'll know this. Is our team good enough to win? And then how good? How much? And sometimes you just know, like, man, this guy wasn't as good as I thought. That guy wasn't as good as I thought. And then you get into the first game, and you see other teams, and, you know, a team like Louisville, being Louisville, you should beat Kentucky Wesleyan 20. Well, obviously you're not good enough to do that. So, you know what? You got to make everybody believe in you still as the coach in what you're doing, even though it's an exhibition. It's a long season, though. But, hey, look, I always said to people, the good teams beat the living hell out of the bad teams, whether it's an exhibition, whether it's non-conference, whether it's conference. That's what good teams just simply do, and Louisville's not a good team. Dan, what do you think about this? You know, normally uh, the college basketball season kind of has a – a rhythm to it. You know, you get in the start of the season and you've got some bad teams coming to your building and it's not always packed and you beat those teams bad. Then you go to a, a tournament, Maui or somewhere, and you're going to play some good competition, but it's usually in gyms that aren't packed. And then you get into December and you got a couple of big non-conference games, right? Then conference play starts and you're getting ready. Now you've got these high-level exhibition games for charity uh, with the NCAA rules changing a little bit. Tennessee wins at Michigan State in front of 15,000 people in an exhibition. You've got Illinois playing Kansas in an exhibition. What do you think about these exhibition games that's selling out the place before the season even starts? It's kind of odd to watch some of these games. Yeah, I think they should do it in August. I think college basketball, I think it's fine. I mean, it gets fans, you know, pumped up. In fact, it was funny. I didn't even know Kansas was playing in Illinois. I was just shuffling through and the Big Ten Network popped up. But Calipari and I have talked about this. I've talked about it very publicly. John feels like if he talks about it, the NCAA will go the other way. But really, if you look at college sports, every sport except for basketball has two seasons. Volleyball season is in the fall. They play a uh, kind of a practice exhibition spring in the in our season in the spring. Softball season is in the spring. Baseball season in the spring, but they both play exhibition type seasons against other teams, real games in the fall. Football, obviously, you have spring football. I believe this. I think college basketball is really overshadowed. I think there's no juice to college basketball right now. And part of it is, and most of it is, because football just dominates. That's why Cal Perry has been talking about do something like this. Get Tennessee, get Kentucky, get Indiana, get Duke, get Purdue. Come on into Gainbridge Fieldhouse here. Get ESPN to televise a little 4-6-8 team tournament in the middle of August when there's really nothing going on. There's no NFL. There's no college. You just don't have anything. No NBA. Uh, and I think it's a brilliant idea. Uh, I don't know why college basketball doesn't have two seasons. I guess it's because the season is long enough. But you know what? College basketball is really a one uh, month sport. It really has. And I didn't realize that when I was inside it. Cause you know, you're working either you're working a game and you're into that, or you're working as a coach and you're into that game, but really, uh, the casual fan equates it as a month of ma March. March is where college basketball lives. And that's not good. So I'm glad Indiana is playing Kentucky. I'm glad they renewed that series. And it's going to be on a couple, three out of the four years on a home site. 
I'm glad they're doing this exhibition game. I'm glad Kansas played Louisville, or excuse me, Illinois. And I'm glad the Tennessee-Michigan State game was a great game. So I'm glad they're doing it. But you know what? When the best games in the, well, really in the preseason are in Hawaii or in Vegas or in the Bahamas, it's not as good as having them on home sites. It's just not. College basketball and the coaches got to figure this out. And I believe what Calipari said was right. Place them in August and have a good time with it. Dan Dockett's with us on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. You can catch Don't At Me mornings uh, here on Outkick. Uh, the saga is over for James Harden in Philadelphia, but it's always a saga with James Harden. I get it. He's a, he's a 10-time All-Star, former MVP, Dan, but what is this, the third time in a row with the team he's asked to be traded from? And, and now the Clippers pick him up. Why would you want James Harden if you're an NBA GM right now, uh, given the fact that I mean, this is a trend that's going to continue, and eventually he'll be asked to be traded uh, in, in L.A. as well. Because you think our culture's different, Jonathan. Our culture's different. We got two of the biggest failures with talent in the NBA on the same team, along with one of the great stories in the NBA. Kawhi Leonard's one of the great stories. Paul George, man, there's two things with Paul George. You know he's going to crap the bed in a big game in the playoffs, and you know he's going to be hurt half the time. And now you add uh, James Harden to that, a guy that dominates the basketball. I, I think playing with James Harden would be miserable. I, I do. I, I think James Harden is about a lot of things, and they aren't winning. I think he handles the ball way too much. You know, standing around watching some fat guy with a beard dribble, I can do that at the L.A. Fitness down the street from my house yeah. if you want to know the truth. But I just don't think it's any fun. I think his story is old. It's played out. He's making $36.5 million. Uh, he's wrecked every situation that he's been in. So good for the Clippers. This isn't new for the Clippers. Going back to the Donald Sterling days, the Clippers always amassed talented yet troubled players and never won anything. Maybe this time it'll work. But I got to tell you, I like the trade because I don't really care about the NBA even a little. Yep. But I do like rooting against certain teams. And now I'm going to root like hell against the Clippers. So at least I got something out of this. You mentioned fat guys down at the L.A. Fitness playing. Uh, Nikola Jokic, not a fat guy, uh, very good player. <laughs> but he did say that Chet Holmgren, after playing him, needs to be fatter. That would be his advice to him. He's to fatten up a little <laughs> bit because he's got some talent. Uh, that's always been the knock on Holmgren, though, Dan. Yeah, Jokic is my Serbian brother, and every time I speak to him, I pound my chest and point to the sky. I really don't know why. But we don't know really how to speak. We don't know how to speak Serbian nuance. I'm Serbian and Polish, and what he meant was he's got to put on more muscle. He's got to add strength to his frame, but we don't know how to speak. We just say, hey, you got to get fatter, you know? And here's the deal with Holmgren. I, w I remember seeing Anthony Davis as a 12th grader in Fort Wayne playing an AU tournament, and his shoulders were this wide. Now, he was skinny, but, man, he had broad shoulders, so you knew he was going to be the perfect build when he got to college and he got into the NBA. Holgrim's shoulders are really narrow. They're about a, a half of the width of his hips, and that's not great. It's going to be hard for that kid to put on muscle, but, man, is he skilled. So my boy Jokic – doesn't, you know, let's be honest, some these dem and dozers, we call them. Uh, that's who we are. We yeah, these dem and doze. We don't know how to really speak. So what we do is we say, yeah, you got to get fatter. There's no nuance. There's no like, hey, you got to get a nutrition, really watch your diet, get some protein, build up your strength. No, no, no. We just say, look, get yourself a pizza, get yourself 100 beers every night, uh, quit smoking because that's what Serbians do. <laughs> and you know what? Go gain some weight. No vodka, straight beer, forget about it.
How about the story, Dan, uh, with Connor Stallions allegedly on the sideline for Central Michigan <laughs> and, uh, and sunglasses at night. In full Central Michigan full gear. gear. And Michigan's playing the next day, opening their season. And meanwhile, Central Michigan is, of course, playing on the road at Michigan State in this one. Uh, every day there's something new. And at some point, when does it mount to a, a situation where Tony Petiti and the Big Ten do something based on the other member institutions wanting to do something? Well, I got a text yesterday. I put this out last night. There's a film of this. I got a, I got a text, and I made a phone call to a Big Ten coach, and he told me this was coming out. And when I put the tweet out last night, a bunch of reporters saying, hey, was this the Central Michigan game? I was pretty much sworn to secrecy, so I didn't say anything. But the truth of the matter is Big Ten coaches are pissed off. I mean, big time pissed off. We saw a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, I guess it was a couple weeks ago, Michigan State threatened not to play Michigan because of how pissed off they were. And the coach that I talked to said every coach in the Big Ten has known about this. Nobody wants to rat anybody out. And now the dude apparently is, uh, is in a disguise on the sideline. You can connect some dots. You know, the guy, McElwain, who is a coach at Central Michigan. When he got fired at Florida, he was a wide receivers coach in 2018 for the Wolverines, and so were a couple of his assistants were with that guy Stallion. So you can connect the dots. Apparently he's on a – you know, I put out a tweet today. A friend of mine sent me a picture, and it's Stallion's ears, and it's uh, the ears of of Stallion's at Central Michigan and the ears of it on the sideline. So now this great program (laughs) – you know, Yost Fielding or Fielding Yost and Bo Schembechler, Lloyd Carr. Now we're comparing ears of assistants doing nefarious things. It's awesome. Good for Michigan. Hey, look, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. But I agree with you because, and I believe this, and just being having been a coach and being in these meetings, when other schools, when it gets public enough and other schools are pissed about it, I mean legitimately to the point where, look, you're going to have to do so. I said this, the court of law, innocent till proven guilty. But if I'm the Big Ten and I'm the NCAA, and, and if they do, I don't know that they do, but if they got all this information, I would lay it out and say, Michigan, prove us wrong. And if they can't prove us wrong, I got to tell you, I'm banning them from the college football playoff this year. Enough of this crap about punishing future teams or future coaches, uh, that kind of stuff. We all complain about that. Enough of that crap. Screw that. This is the group that is cheating. This is the guy on the staff that is cheating. So if they can't disprove or they don't have an explanation and it is proven that they I'm, – I'm, I'm saying, no, 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 uh-uh, you are ineligible. I don't know whether you're going to make it or not. You may lose to Penn State. You may lose to uh, Ohio State. Who knows? I don't know. But if it, it is not – people say, well, that's a great precedent – Guilty until proven innocent. Well, this ain't a court of law. Everybody tells me there's no subpoena power with the NCAA. It's not a court of law. Good. Then here's my evidence. Show me you didn't do what we're alleging here with facts. And if they can't, I'm banning them. That's how I'm going about it. Dan, it it seemed that Dabo Sweeney wasn't having it when Tyler from Spartanburg called into his coach's show saying, why the hell are we paying you $11.5 million a year to go four and four? And went on a five-minute rant. What did you make of that? I'm sure you probably wanted to do the same at some point. Yeah, and I think both had a point. Hey, <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, hey, look, dude, you're getting paid all this money, 
And, you know, back when the coach was making, I don't know, 40, 50, 100 grand, whatever, all right, people would be like, hey, what are you going to do? But here, you know, you're getting paid all this money to go four and four, seven and seven in your last 14. So he's got a point. I get his point. It's a fan's point of view. And I also get Sweetie or Dabo's point. It's like, hey, man, shut the living hell up. It's much more than that, blah, 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 blah. But I will tell you this. Um, what that guy said, when Dabo Sweeney got away from the radio or the microphone, away from fans, hit home with him. I'm telling you it did. Because one thing that I always thought as a coach, and, and I did learn this from Coach Knight, you don't want to let the fans down. You got people that pay hard-earned money. You got people that love it. Uh, why are we 4-4? Four and four? Why are they paying us all this money? I said this all the time, and it really – I got some interesting voicemails – uh, from coaches in the Big 12. I said one time on national TV, look, look at all these sidelines. These Big 12 schools pay a lot of money to coach basketball, and none of them can win in 15 years a conference over right. myself? Doesn't make coaches too happy. Thanks for having me, fellas. I hear the Emmy music. I'm off the air. The hook is That's coming. Right. I feel it. The hook happens fast. <laughs> Dan, thank you, man. See you. John McClain next. NFL trade deadline news right here on Hot Mike. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. A total of 15 trades across the NFL in 2023 uh, once the regular season has started and then a flurry of defensive moves today and at the end of yesterday as the deadline hit about 21 minutes ago. Hot my with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network rolls on. John McClain joins us. He's seen plenty of trade deadlines come and go across the league. More movement in recent years than in past years. John Chase Young, the big news today, and the Commanders trading away Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Young reunited with Nick Bosa. He's headed to San Francisco. What do you make of uh, the deadline moves, especially in the NFC? First of all, I think that signals what we already knew. Ryan Rivera is going to be out with the Commanders. You have new owner, Josh Harris, and his group, and they're going to want their guy in there. 
And I was surprised they traded both defensive ends, Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Both of them are in the last year of their contracts, and uh, they didn't they didn't want to pay them. And their defensive line had more invested than any defensive line in the NFL. Now they get they get a two and a three for a guy that was a second overall pick in Chase Young in 2020, and then Sweat. It's a good move for the 49ers. They reunite Chase Young from Ohio State with Nick Bosa from Ohio State as the defensive ends. And then they've got Eric Armstead at tackle. And then they signed uh, Javon Hargrave from Philadelphia for a lot of money to play tackle. So they got a lot invested in their front four. And uh, right now it's funny because the defense is not the reason they've lost three in a row. Buck Purdy's not playing well. Debo Samuel's been injured, and Purdy's throwing too many interceptions, but they fortify that defensive line. Uh, D'Amico Ryans, who was the defensive play caller and coordinator for the 49ers the last two years, always talks about you have to – it starts up front. And when you look at what the 49ers have done, they don't have a first-round pick starting in their their back seven. All their investments uh, on defense have been in the line – and they've done it again. I think getting Chase Young for uh, the rest of the season, uh, they may re-sign and they may not. I'm guessing they're not considering how much they invested in Bosa and Hargrave, but they're playing to try to go to the Super Bowl. Chad, who was it that had the report that the 49ers may make one more move? Tim Kawakami. So it's reported right now, John, that the Giants had a trade agreed to with the Niners to send a, a Dory Jackson to San Francisco but the Giants failed to report it to the league in time. Oh. How about that? <laughs> well, he's not going to move the needle for them, as you guys well know, because you saw him early in his career. But uh, that kind of – when you have a clerical error, and it happens every once in a while, it makes you look buffoonish. Yes. And yeah. the Giants are bad enough on offense where they already look buffoonish. Now it's even worse. Well, how do you feel if you're a Dory Jackson? <laughs> Right. Doesn't no, move the needle for the for 49ers, but if you're him, moves the needle personally for me if I'm thinking, oh, I was out of here, but you guys didn't file the paperwork in time. I'm, I've got some thoughts about that as I continue to play for the Giants. Just cut him with some <laughs> kind of wink-wink deal that you'll send him a pick in the offseason because that's torturing a guy to go from one of the worst teams to a team that should be a Super Bowl contender. John, as of right now, the Vikings are in the postseason. Playoff picture, long way to go here. They're the seventh seed, last spot in the NFC. Um, a month ago, we were discussing whether or not Cousins could be traded and what the Vikings might do at the deadline. And Not only are they 4-4, four and four, they lose Cousins to an Achilles injury. He's officially on injured reserve, out for the season. They trade for Joshua Dobbs. They're starting the, the rookie fifth-rounder, Jaron Hall, on uh, Sunday against Atlanta. What do you make of the Vikings sitting put, not making big moves, uh, but going with Dobbs, at least for now, as the backup and trying to continue to make a run at this? I guess that means Kyler Murray's ready to play for the Cardinals. They've said Murray or, or Clayton Toon, a rookie from the University of Houston, would be starting in their next game. Dobbs, it's amazing the way he's bounced around the NFL like a pinball going back to last season. And he played better than he's ever played with the Cardinals. It's a good opportunity for him. The kid from BYU, he's got one start. And the fact of the matter is, in that division, it's terrible. 
And they're the second best team to the Lions. Lions have an easy schedule. They, there's a good chance they're going to end up with home field advantage in the NFC because of the schedule and the fact that they're good. They re- rebounded nicely from that humiliating loss at Baltimore. But uh, boy, Cousins, I guess now, if I'm him, I'm going to Aaron Rodgers' doctor <laughs> and I'm doing everything the exact way Rodgers is doing because Rodgers is out there warming up on the field before games and Cousins going to be an unrestricted free agent. No, they're not going to re-sign him. They're going to be in that draft hell part where they're in the middle of the draft, which is going to be hard to get a first-round pick unless you hit a home run like Will Levis. John, can you walk me through the Bears' decision-making process here in terms of uh, what constitutes a buyer or a seller? Because two years in a row, they trade for, for Chase Claypool, doesn't work out. Now they trade for Montez Sweat. I know they got a ton of cap space moving forward, but what are the Bears trying to accomplish here? They think, I guess, they, you know, right now they're not the worst team in the league. They're doing Fields has got to come back. I guess they probably talked to the agent about parameters for a new contract, and they'll have enough money to sign him. You know, he's he can't. I don't know if you'd be bummed or not. You go from one bad team to another bad team. And uh, they, you can't ever have enough pass rushers, but I think they're thinking about next season and they couldn't get somebody in the second round, rush quarterback like Montez Sweat. So that's why they did it. They got a lot of draft choices thanks to that deal they made with Carolina. Yeah, I think about two first rounders. They've got a third round or two fourth rounders too, I believe, plus back end uh, of the draft picks. Uh, John, you mentioned Will Levis. Give us your take on what you saw. The four touchdown passes, three to DeAndre Hopkins. He doubled the amount of touchdown passes in one game that Tannehill had to that point in the season. And uh, yeah, Levis's debut now turns into a Thursday night football game where he will uh, face off against Kenny Pickett. According to Pickett, he's starting on Thursday. And it will be Levis again for the Titans on a short notice, on a short week, I should say. Well, you guys saw Marcus Mariota do the same thing yeah. in his debut, right? Yeah. So that just shows you got to pump the brakes because I know when Mariota did that after being the second-round pick in 2015, everybody's like, wow, this guy's going to be great. And uh, Levis has got the great arm. He got rid of the ball quick. When I watched him, and I spent a lot – I was covering the the, the uh, Texans game against Carolina, but I was watching as much as I could of that because I wanted to see the – jerseys which i thought great yes, look great beautiful i think i'm the only person in houston that feels that way and i'm still getting hammered here for thinking it was great that they won them it looked like a great weekend all around billy white shoes johnson going in the ring of honor warren moon honorary uh what 12th man's that what they mm, yes, call it yep and then every time i look up diop looks like he did early in his career having a long touchdown catch i can't remember the last time he averaged 32 and a half yard per catch Tells me they need to get him the ball more, right? He's got to be the happiest player there. I never thought they were trading Derrick Henry or DeAndre Hopkins once they decided to go with Levis. How stupid would that have been to go with a rookie quarterback and take away his best weapons? You know, if you're putting a rookie quarterback out there, you need the talent around him so you can get a better barometer about how the guy can play. And they need to decide if he can play before they make their picks next year. So I was really happy for Diop to have three touchdown catches. He looked like the old Diop, and I'm sure he got a he's he's feeling a light lot a lot 
lighter today after that great game and not being traded. And so they're now tied with the Texans for second place, one half game ahead of the Colts. It looks like the Jaguars are going to run away with the division, but they're still in the wild card race. You're not the only one that's praising uh, the the Oilers love you blue unis that they the throwbacks at university yeah, University of Houston uh there was uh, wearing the throwbacks and the NFL sent them a cease and desist which I think is ridiculous because the the color was off and because I as soon as I saw that uniform for the first game I looked at it, I said that's not Columbia blue a lot of people think any shade of light blue is Columbia blue no it's not the numbers were different Rice is wanted there's high school teams here that wear it. What I think, and I'll tell you a story. Everybody says all about the Titans, and it might be. But I remember one time, Bo Eason, former Oilers safety, is an actor and a writer, was doing a one-man play called Run of the Litter. And I found an Oilers jacket, a big one that you would wear on the sideline in cold weather. looked great. And some Love You Blue cowboy boots like Bum Phillips used to wear. And I bought them for like $50 at a, at a fair and I asked Bo because his one-man play was with a locker that was Columbia Blue. And I said, do you want to put this in the background? So the Oilers were all for it. And they asked the league if he could do it. And they said, no. I told him, we'll do it anyway. So everybody wants to blame the Titans. But sometimes it's NFL properties. You know, they 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 rule uh, with an iron fist because they don't want anybody ripping them off. They don't want anybody making money. I think what Houston should have done said – contacted them, said, we'd like to do this one time as a tribute to the Houston's football heritage. And I don't know if the NFL would have said yes. I'm kind of thinking the Titans would have, and the NFL probably would have said no. How wide open? I mean, we know it's very wide open. The AFC right now, Kansas City was at the top. All of a sudden, they lose to Denver. Meanwhile, Buffalo, uh, you've got Baltimore, Miami, Jacksonville. They all win again. Miami and Kansas City face off in Frankfurt this weekend. It is a, a dash to the number one seed, and it's up for grabs right now. It's not just necessarily Kansas City. They got problems on the outside. They need a receiver like Tyreek Hill. You guys talking about uh, Oilers history. Tyreek Hill is the first guy to have 1,000 yards in eight games since Charlie Hennigan with the Oilers in 1961. As the last time a Houston pro football team won a championship, second year of the American Football League, Oilers won their second championship. They were loaded with offensive talent, and they threw the ball all over the place, and they were fun to watch because I was 10 years old, and I watched them on NBC every week while I watched the Cowboys on CBS. And I'll tell you, the Chiefs, the, the coolest thing I saw over the weekend, Chiefs lose at Denver, break their long – losing streak against Kansas City. And as soon as the game ended at Mile High Stadium, they started playing Taylor Swift, and the song they played for the Chiefs was Shake It Off. <laughs> it was Mahomes' first loss on the road in the division. It's crazy. It was amazing. And he Incredible. Had a, 13 he had a straight game. or 12 straight against the Broncos, he, too, which it was, was unbelievable. And he looked like he could use another receiver. Their defense yeah. has played above and beyond what anybody – thought, but Mahomes, they think he's just going to make chicken salad out of chicken. You know what? And even he needs help sometimes. John, also crazy, the Jets are 4-3. and three. Wasn't pretty against the Giants, but they win it in overtime this weekend. Are they going to stay relevant for a possible Aaron Rodgers mid-December return at this point? 
Well, I just can't imagine. I noticed in Vegas now, it was Dan Campbell as the leader for coach of the year, Mike McDaniel, number two. D'Amico Ryans is number three. Now he's four. Number three, Robert Sala. Sala has done an outstanding job. Great running game. Really good defense. Zach Wilson's not winning, but he's not losing. I'd feel bad if I'm Zach Wilson and I keep uh, playing well enough to keep winning and all of a sudden I'm on the bench. But he would understand. And watching Aaron Rodgers warm up on the field before games, you couldn't tell a guy had his Achilles surgery. And that's why that's got to give Kirk Cousins a lot of confidence in his rehab to be ready before next season because he's going to have a new zip code. Next week's headline today, John, if if Cincinnati beats Buffalo this weekend, the Bengals are the talk of the league a week from now. I don't know that the Bengals aren't the best team. You know, they started 0-2. Joe Burrow had the calf injury. Now they bounced back. They just won big in, in uh, Santa Clara to beat the 49ers on the road. It's a tough schedule for them, but they're supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. Everybody thought they would be. Joe Mixon in the running game is working better. Joe Burrow looks fantastic. I don't know right now. They're not the best team yeah. in the AFC, but we see how 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 quick it can change because two weeks, three weeks ago, we would have said the 49ers and the Chiefs. No doubt. John McClain, you can check out the, the great work, audio, uh, writing, and more, uh, sportsradio610.com. Joins us weekly, uh, all things NFL. John, always great, man. Uh, we'll catch up soon, and uh, enjoy Halloween. Every week I do a video with Mattress Mac at Gallery Furniture, and we put it on sportsradio610.com, and I tweeted a lot, and he said, tell those guys at OutKick, I said hello. We so hello. love Mattress Mac. Yeah, love Mattress Mac. He loved the Phillies getting ousted as much as I did, <laughs> the way they treated him a year ago. Those damn he Philly did, fans. boy, he was heartbroken that the Astros got oh, ousted. Well, they won it last Thanks year. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, See you, John. John. You know who didn't win the World Series last year or this year? The Phillies. They didn't do that. Before that or three years before that. Chad is very The happy. Braves won the year before that, in fact. If the Philadelphia Phillies were in, though, Chad, you'd have a reason to watch, to root against. I would. I would. Philly. I'd be all Rangers then. That's right. Now I just don't care. Coming up, uh, NFL overreaction and uh, a coach is not considering a quarterback change. We'll tell you who that is and why straight ahead. I'm with Henry Wither. Rolls on across the Outkick Network. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network here with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Happy Halloween, everyone. Yeah. Chad. Um, Not a big Halloween guy over here. Really? Yeah. I enjoy the time of year. I enjoy the fall foliage. I enjoy the food and drink surrounding this time of year. I enjoy football. Not dress I just, up. I'm not a big dress up guy. That's fair. I not a huge Halloween party guy. I'm not either unless I have someone help me with an idea. Yeah. I don't want I'm not good at coming up with that. I do like now uh like the trick or treat routine for both like yeah. kids and adults yeah. is fun. Um but yeah, I'm not never been a huge Halloween guy. Are you uh Halloween never gets better than when you're either a child and you get to trick or treat or you're a very young adult. And you go to the parties, you, you know what we're talking about. The oh, parties yeah. in like your early yes, 20s. Yes, That's fun. What about uh, as a parent getting to go through the candy and pick out what you like? I don't normally do that. You know, yeah. my dad did that. We um, He would pick out some things that he wanted to so on. So I, I don't, I never know quite where everything is in my own house okay. when it comes to food. So I'm very bad about <laughs> investigating and knowing where it is. And then a, 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 
a month from now, I'll hear, oh, well, there's a, an entire box of Halloween candy that's underneath this, behind this, and I don't, and I, okay. That's when I find out about it. It's like a month later. Oh, so I can get whatever Reese's Cup I want out of this box? Great. I'm going to do that now. But Chad, I'm always too late to the game. This is a good opportunity to teach your kids about taxes. It's called the dad tax. You yeah. take 10% of their candy, and you just say, this is what the government's going to do to you for the rest of your life. It's actually... Take more than that if you want. Yeah. It's like a civics lesson is what Davey's proposing here. I kind of like that. I need to start with that. Uh, maybe tonight I'll start to actually see what they're getting. Typically, like, the my kids are in a dead sprint. To, I have to tell them to slow down and say thank you to everyone to actually go up, say trick or treat, get what you, and say thank you because they're just... Scooping. It, it's like a supermarket sweep. Back in the day, it's like they feel like they have a 10-minute yeah. window. You have to leave some candy, but take as much as you can. To hit every house. No, yeah. it's just like we're sprinting to the next. Okay, slow down. We're going to get to these. Slow down. They're just a dead sprint to the next house to get as much candy as possible. you got to beat the other kids there because they're doing the same thing. It's also, I just saw here in Nashville tonight, it's going to feel like 29 degrees. Well, that means it's 29 degrees PM. to me. Yeah. Feels like temperature is what. Go I, on. Go ahead. Audrey. That is what the temperature is. Go ahead. Yeah. If it feels 29 by God, it's 29 degrees. So I say that to know that it's going to be about an hour. We're going to have out probably total because they're oh, not wearing a ton of clothes with their costume. We're it's down like, to an hour now. You need them to sprint then to stay warm. Do you feel the same way about room temperature, Hut? Uh, yes. I mean, I, I that's how I approach it. I mean, it could be 50 degrees in the building, and it's like, yeah, that's yeah. room temperature. Don't tell me it's 50 if it feels 43. No, forty-three. room temperature is 72. That's a standard set for room temperature. Room temperature, I don't think room, it temp- is. Oh, room temperature for me is just uh, it's like a five degree difference, a variance. Our buddy Nate Bargatze crushed it on SNL. Oh, and there's yeah. an amazing sketch with him as George Washington. Yeah, and it's just basically a way to talk about all the differences that America is going to have from the rest of the world, and talking about Fahrenheit, and then centimeters and meters versus miles and inches. Terrific, but this made me think about it with our discussion of uh, of what is room temperature. Room temperature seventy two. Now, I think Davey, what you're getting at is what is comfortable for room temperature is different to every individual. So your room temperature, if it's sixty two, you I, I'm guessing you like it cold. That'd be correct. So your room temperature is sixty two, right? But standard that's a room little, temperature is 72. 72, uh, 62 would be on the room crazy tem- But Davey's taking like room I temperature is. I would say 68 is, to 73 is a good variance. Davey's saying room temperature is whatever the temperature is in the room you're in. No, room temperature yes. is 72. You can be in a room that's 55 or you can be in a room that's 81. But room temperature standard is 72. But what does it feel like, Chad? That's my that's my standard. Oh, inside feels like what the actual temperature is. Not you know, you don't have to factor in wind chill. There's add, wind chill add, indoors. Add seven people in a room. It doesn't feel like the room yeah, temperature. It feels like I'm I'm with you, Hutton. I'm agreeing with you. Outside feels like should be the temperature. That's factoring in wind chill and other atmospheric conditions. Unless you are in the biodome from the Poly Shore movie and it's that giant, mm-hmm. there's not going to be atmospheric conditions in the home. Or wind chill. In the home. But what about the so studio? So the temperature is the temperature <laughs> at home. studio, though? Yeah, we have these lights. With seven people in. Well, in here, it's Heat quite high up. ceilings. So yeah. that, that So happens. what I may say on the wall is not what the temperature is in the room. That's my point. But human bodies raise the temperature in the room. So it's still the temperature. Whatever the temperature says, it'll actually raise it with it. That's the temperature. And it's very difficult to get the temperature up or down in this room. I'm 
Who can spell on Fahrenheit? The, on the daily? No one's going to be no able one to knows. do it. No one knows how to do that, Jack. F-A-H-R-E-N-H-E-I-T. Congratulations, I think you Dave. got it. Uh, fact of the day, Davey can spell Fahrenheit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, another fact. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan says he's not considering a quarterback change from Brock Purdy to Sam Darnold. Good. Good. Nor should he. No, don't play into the... The, the whole, like, back and forth on, is he elite? Is he, I told you he wasn't elite. No one was claiming Brock Purdy's elite, but he's a good quarterback. Uh, and the best you have in your roster. You know who else no, no one's claiming is elite? Sam Darnold. Uh, but who makes quarterbacks great in a really great setup? Kyle Shanahan, for the most part. And he knows what Brock Purdy is certainly capable of. So we all do within the structure of that system. Within the... The, the makeup and moxie of what Purdy has meant to that team when he started 10-0 and as the starter in the regular season. Now's not the time to move on. Uh, they're bolstering their defense. They're going with what got them on a, on a stretch run last year. And that was on a run to the Super Bowl prior to quarterback injuries that included Brock Purdy with the elbow. Chad, it's the right call. And um, yeah, it's, it's something that can spiral out of control. If you need a, a boost, you go to Darnold. I thought whenever he hit the head on the on the turf again this past week that we were going to see something similar to what happened with Tua, where he's in concussion protocol, plays. He took another hard hit. Nothing came up. It just looked bad. And I thought we were going to see Darnold anyway. But they, they cleared Purdy, goes out and plays. He's their guy. Well, here's the only thing that bothers me right now is the moment I warmed up to the fact that Brock Purdy is a really good NFL quarterback. Not just hey, he did well for a seventh-round pick, or, right. hey, he's just Kyle Shanahan's quarterback, and whoever that is is going to be good. The moment I warmed up to that, he'd started playing not as good in this three-game losing streak. So now I know less about what to think, but I, I do know this. He's the best option for the 49ers, no doubt. Not Sam Darnold. He is still the best option. He's got to get better. The whole 49ers team has to get better. It is time for NFL overreaction. Guys, to get us going, we're going to switch it up just a little bit for this first question. Usually I say a statement and you tell me if it's an overreaction or if it's just reality. But with the trade deadline passing, I just want to pose the question, which team lost the trade deadline? Well, let's start with the Giants. The report is they didn't turn the, turn the trade in in time uh, with the Niners to trade a Dory Jackson. I get he's not Dory's not a, a top upper echelon corner or defensive back, but the way – Shanahan could use him in different ways. We saw it here in Tennessee. Uh, special teams, sometimes on offense, whatever, plus a speed element. That made sense on the back end for a team that's looking for to add a depth. I, I don't know how you don't get that in at the deadline. Deadline's a deadline. That's why we see all the movement the hour prior. How do the Giants don't turn it in? I don't know, Chad. Yeah, the Commanders lost. I mean, if you're a Commanders fan, you now know you suck. But they, you but may they have knew thought that anyway, about didn't it before. They? I don't know. Fans they now can have be, nine picks next year. Fans can put their head in the sand and not think they do, but this is full admission that it is a complete wiping the slate clean, which may be a win for you also, but I, I think it's the commanders. Okay. The the others would be that the teams that – I mean, let's think about the Broncos. How, how much have we heard about Jerry Judy being traded? You Last know? couple of years. Yes. Steve Smith would love he, for that. He time. remains a Denver Broncos. Like – that talk remains there, and they're coming off a win against Kansas City, whatever. But just the 
you know, the turbulence continues up and down on what you expect versus what happens versus what's to come. Uh, some teams that could use draft picks that have traded them away uh, didn't make moves to help bolster the offseason to get younger. Okay, guys, but uh, now going into how we normally do things for NFL overreaction, Mike McDaniel will win the NFL Coach of the Year. No. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Robert Sala is going to be mm. your Coach of the Year. They're four and three. They were written off when Aaron Rodgers got hurt. They're going to remain relevant against all odds the rest of the year. I think Robert Sala of the Jets is your Coach of the Year. I think it ends up being Dan Campbell. Um, I think Miami is going to have a couple of losses mixed in to where they probably should be as talented as they are, to where they're not going to be number one or number two seed. I think Detroit could be uh, out of the NFC. So I think that bolsters Campbell's resume. Plus, um, unlike unlike the Lions, the Dolphins didn't have, uh, you know, that they're going to, you know, really grab the brass ring this offseason. The talk of the league were the Detroit Lions. And they've lived up to expectation. Hasn't always been great. You know, they win. You know, ugly win is a win. But, you know, last night's game was nothing to boast about. But Jameer Gibbs got going. And, look, they, they need him to because they're 6-2. and two, And they are among the top teams in the league right now. Miami is too. But I just I think Miami's schedule is a bit more uh, daunting than what I look at with Detroit, and I think Campbell racks up the wins there. Yeah, speaking of Detroit, they got the big win last night over the Raiders, and Devontae Adams, as we've seen, was not moved today. Hey, so, uh, real quick, I'm just thinking it. this. The other thing that could help McDaniel, guys, is the hard knocks show. Sorry, I wanted Ooh, to add that that's in. a good point, yep. The, the Robert media. Sala already locked it up with his hard knocks appearance. Coach of the year in, the, in New York is the Aaron Rodgers. It's Brian Dable. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's be real. Okay, Devontae yeah. Adams. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, no, you're good, guys. Uh, this is Devontae Adams' last season in Las Vegas. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. There's the reports coming out today that he had discussions with Vegas Brass about what it would look like for him to move on. He's got the helmet slam last night, one catch for 11 yards. Josh McDaniels and the Raiders inform, hey, we're not going to move on from you. I think he's moving on from the Raiders, and he's going to do everything in his power to move on. I think this is his last year in Vegas. What? I can buy that if he's going to restructure and get an upfront payday to be enable the trade, but he's got the payday with the Raiders right now. I, I mean, what you would want is to have the, the power the, the power in your favor to make some decisions on why you're not getting the football. Why he's not, I have no idea. Why they're not connecting. Um, but there's a quarterback-to-receiver problem there. And uh, the diva comes out. Normally, if the receiver wants out, he's out. But he wasn't out today. They didn't trade him. Yep. Sticking in the AFC West, the Kansas City Chiefs will not be the one seed in the AFC. If the playoffs were to end today, they would be. Or Chad, the playoffs were to start I, today. Sorry. I think they're going to be the number one seed. So the overreaction is that they're not going to be. Yeah. I think when when the everything plays out, the Chiefs, bad day, Patrick Mahomes with the flu. His flu game wasn't like Jordan's flu game in Salt Lake City uh, when he went to snowy Denver. I think they're going to be the number one seed, though, at the end of the season. So I think it could be Jacksonville. Mm. I think the Jags can be the number mm. one seed in the AFC. They continue. They can win multiple ways. Trevor Lawrence has ETN, one of the top backs in the league. I can't say that for Patrick Mahomes. They can't just lean on the run game if they 
you know, their average wide receivers are covered up, average at best, other than Kelsey. Um, and meanwhile, I mean, what are we saying about Kansas City if they go to Germany and lose this week to Miami in the head-to-head matchup? I know what we're saying about Jacksonville's schedule. They're playing in the AFC South. While the Chiefs have the AFC West, they also have the number one seed type schedule that they've been able to win. But this is just a different makeup that I, I think prevents uh, presents different problems, even though they've got Reed and Mahomes and Kelsey and a talented defense that has started better to early in the season than what we've been used to. Normally, they come along. I don't see this offense coming along to the great extent of what we've been known to expect from KC. They're not putting up 28 to 33 points a game. And I think ultimately, there's some other teams that certainly can, including Miami this weekend. Watch out for Jacksonville, Davey. All right, guys, finally, real quickly, Josh Dobbs will get the Vikings to the playoffs. Yes. Okay. I'm going to say no. They're going to be drafting in the 20s, and they'll be the 8th seed. Just on the outside looking into the postseason. Coming up, speaking of postseason, college football playoff. The first rankings unveiled tonight. Timmy B. Tim Brando joins us. He weighs in on what to expect. 